Good morning, Happy Valley, and welcome back to another edition of the Penn State 365 podcast on PennState.Rivals.com. I'm your host, Richie Schneider, and uh, joined as always uh, when we talk football is our, our co-host slash beat writer slash uh, recruiting writer, Dylan. I don't even know what to call you anymore. I'm going to call you Dylan. Uh, Dylan, what's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even know what to call myself, I'll be honest. Uh, but yeah, everything's uh, everything's going pretty well mm. over here. Uh, another uh, big recruiting weekend for Penn State, a little bit of a smaller uh, junior day list right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Still working on confirming a handful of prospects for uh, Saturday, but, uh, you know, another another big weekend here for Penn State football. Yeah, um, real quick before we go any further, I want to talk a little bit about that last weekend. Uh, no commitments. Unfortunately, okay. it's relatively quiet. Is that a concern at all? Uh, no, because I don't think so. Coming into the coming into last week, and we didn't expect to hear much on the commitment side of things. It was more of a set the tone, I think, type weekend. You see mm-hmm. where Penn State sits with some players, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I, I I wouldn't be concerned about the lack of news coming out of last week. Okay. I, uh, Penn State had a productive weekend, I think, last weekend, as did they the first weekend of uh, ju- official of junior day visits as well. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too concerned. Okay, awesome. Uh, going into this weekend, solid list so far. Uh, I'm just going to start with the big name, and it's honestly the quarterback, uh, Matt Zollers, uh, Springford, yeah. Pennsylvania guy, four star. They already have a quarterback committed in Beckham Kritza. Is this uh, potential for another quarterback commit? Because I know he took a couple visits recently. For sure. Uh, I think uh, they would love to, uh, or at least like to take two quarterbacks in this class, and Zolars is definitely up there to be that potential second guy along with Malik Washington out, out of Washington, out of Maryland. Sorry, uh, Ryan Montgomery out of Ohio was another name there, but he has eliminated the Nanny Lions from uh, contention in his recruitment. Zollers is interesting. Like you said, he's coming off a couple of visits, was just down in Florida and Georgia visiting the Gators and Bulldogs. Um, through, through the art of some deduction, it looks like Zollers is actually one of uh, Georgia's top quarterback prospects. They had Ryan Montgomery on campus two weeks ago. They had Zollers on campus a week ago, and I believe they may be hosting uh, Julian Juju Lewis, the top quarterback in the 2026 class this weekend. And I think those are two f- their top three quarterback targets. They have six guys offered at quarterback right now who are uncommitted, Georgia that is. Uh, and the other three, uh, they, what I've gathered, have not really been in much contact with. So a little bit of a Georgia insight there on this Penn State pod, uh, which uh, if you eliminate those three, that comes down to, uh, you know, Zollers, Montgomery, and Lewis, who's committed to USC. Uh, so uh, I think Georgia is a school to watch here for sure with Matt Zollers. Uh, I, I think Ryan Montgomery could obviously take that potential spot at Georgia if uh, Lewis ends up staying committed to uh, USC, but uh, there is an, you know, I think there's a chance that Georgia is a legitimate player for uh, Matt Zars, which makes this visit for Penn State awfully important this weekend uh, in, in this recruitment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's always tough to recruit two quarterbacks also in the same class. Um, although I, I shouldn't say it's that tough because Penn State did it not too long ago, two classes, two cycles ago with right. Perbua and Auer, and that was that was a pretty two damn good quarterbacks. I think both right. of them could start at most most power five schools, a lot of power five schools. Yeah, no, power I, four, I think power four. I, I think apps. <laughs> I think taking two quarterbacks uh, in today's climate of college football is absolutely. A smart thing to do if you can afford to take two scholarship guys uh, maybe mm-hmm. not every year but every other year or so absolutely just because you're going to lose kids to the transfer portal uh if you're recruiting highly ranked quarterbacks you're going to hope that they end up in the nfl within three to four years as well so you're always going to be losing players so just to continue to have that depth at that quarterback position is always smart i mean mm-hmm. um as some, some people may know i help cover a minnesota recruiting Minnesota going into this fall, uh, going into the spring, I should say, only has two scholarship quarterbacks mm-hmm. on their roster. Uh, a senior transfer out of uh, New Hampshire, Max Brosmer, pretty good quarterback. And then mm-hmm. uh, Drake Lindsay, a true freshman who uh, just enrolled this past month. Uh, outside of that, they have one walk on quarterback. So, I mean, that's, you know, an injury away from a really tough situation for the Gophers. So, I mean, it, mm-hmm. you don't want to be that, in that position if you're a school, especially like Penn State, who's trying to make the college football players every single year. If, you know, Drew would go down with an injury this upcoming season, Penn State would, you know, still have some quality options uh, to back to back up Drew, uh, starting with, you know, Bo, of course, and then uh, you have Jackson Smoke and uh, now Ethan Gruckmeyer as well. Yeah. Um, looking at the rest of this list, um, I know we talk about it at nauseum. Wide receiver recruiting, it's not in a good spot, but these are some solid names coming this weekend. Yeah, no, it is a it is a pretty solid list, all things considered. Smaller list, yes, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple more uh, three stars in the last few weekends, or maybe the ratio of four and five stars to three stars is a little lower. But it's a very high-quality list, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple guys visiting this weekend that ultimately land in this recurring class for Penn State or future recurring classes. Mm-hmm. Now, out of the three, do we expect any of them? I, I know I'm probably going to just go position group by position group with this, but do we expect any commitments out of these three between Desi Jones from Jersey, who's been on campus a bunch, mm-hmm. Jeff Exiner, Exiner, I don't know how to pronounce that one, uh, McDonough Kid, who they've done really well with, and yeah. then Vernon Allen, who's the probably – pretty underrated if i had to say um for a baltimore kid out of city college high yeah no i I think it's definitely uh those are all really good names to remember and think about going into this weekend uh Mm -hmm. in terms of a commitment in the near future i don't believe so but i wouldn't be shocked if in a couple months we're talking about two or two of those guys or three of those guys being committed to penn state i think Mm -hmm. you know jeff exinner McDonough, Penn State has tremendous ties to that high school. They've done a yeah. good job in that recruitment so far as well. So that one stands out to me. Desi Jones, like you said, out of Jersey, that's a kid that they've had a really good res- uh, relationship with as well. Um, mm-hmm. Vernon Allen out of Baltimore, uh, also one of uh, Allen's teammates, I believe, uh, Romero uh, Ison will be on campus. He's, his recruitment's really been taken off recently as well. So that's mm-hmm. another guy right there that I think is worth watching this weekend at that wide receiver position. It's a quality weekend at wide receivers, say the least. That's not even to mention Florida wideout Samari Reed being on campus. 
Yeah, no, totally get it. Um, offensive line, there's a, uh, I think it's the position group with the most prospects visiting. Yeah, position yeah. group with the most prospects visiting this weekend. They already have two committed. They're doing well with a guy like Rowan Byrne. They're doing well with Michael Carroll. Both of those guys came to campus last weekend. I know last podcast you talked about it. You said probably five to six offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, who are the top guys we're watching this weekend? I know Brady O'Hara obviously committed, but the yeah. rest of the guys. Yeah, so it, this isn't as strong of a offensive line group as last week, though last week it was you know really headlined by Carroll and Byrne overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – uh, it, it's still quality, quality quality one overall. You got you know Michael Trabin out of New Jersey. You got Zaire Addison, a four star out of Florida. I think this is his first trip up, or uh, maybe his second trip up actually. But he'll be on campus. Uh, Michael Gibbs out of North Carolina, somebody they recently offered. Uh, this is a good set the tone type visit for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jalen Gilchrist uh, out of Virginia, number uh, two hundred five prospect nationally, top. 25 offensive tackle in the country. Uh, he was up uh, in state college last May for the uh, Elite 11 All 22 camp. Uh, so this will be a return visit to the area for him as well. Uh, that's one that I'll be interested in keeping a close eye on this weekend. Just to get an idea of where they stand going forward. But then Virginia offensive lineman Carter Scruggs is a intriguing prospect who's Really uh, seen his recruitment uh, pick up over the last few weeks. 6'6", 250 250-pound offensive tackle out of uh, uh, Ludon County down in Virginia. Uh, that that could definitely be something to watch as well. Though if we're going to talk about offensive linemen, I'd like to uh, turn our attention to 2026 recruiting class with mm-hmm. Harrisburg uh, standout Kevin Brown, the number 24 player nationally in the rivals to uh, 50 ranking for 2026 elite player uh still raw as an offensive lineman but uh elite talent uh elite ceiling and definitely a priority recruit for penn state in 2026 uh scruggs relation to juice or Uh, no really no relation that i know of Hmm. interesting um because i think where was scruggs from i don't even remember uh erie erie yeah so never mind this kid's from virginia so Interesting, uh, same last name and all that. But, yeah, no, I mean, some pretty solid names. Um, it also sounds like there should be a group coming up from Florida. Um, we haven't confirmed the whole list yet, but the coach told us uh, before that he's going to yeah. send up a group of kids or whatever. Uh, New York sending over a couple kids, I believe. Uh, Cardinal Hayes Blake Beelin at defensive yeah. tackle. If you want to talk a little bit about that unit. I know there's only two defensive linemen. They're both tackles, yeah. though, so that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Intriguing group here with uh, Blake Beelan and Halim Muhammad. Halim Muhammad, a guy we've mentioned a couple times on the mm-hmm. podcast over the last few weeks or, or so. Uh, raw prospect, only been playing, I believe, two years of football now. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, picked up an offer from Penn State, I believe, early last month or late December. Uh, so this will be his, uh, I think, first uh, trip. It'll be his first trip since being offered. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head how many or visits he's made to Penn State. Maybe the first overall um, second trip he made one in uh, yeah. in November. Um, but intriguing prospect has has gotten offers now from uh, Boston College, Duke, Florida, Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, Syracuse, uh, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, West Virginia. So definitely becoming a prospect yeah. to know here in the 2025 cycle at defensive tackle. Kind of fits the mold of what Penn State likes to recruit 
on the defensive line, uh, at least once per cycle and kind of a project type player. Uh, so that is worth knowing. Blake Bielan, uh yeah, intriguing prospect. You know, Penn State, as they continue to fill out their defensive line and defensive tackle board, 6'2", 272 out of Cardinal Hayes, which I believe is in Manhattan. or uh, Bronx. Bronx. Um, That's not correct. Yeah, I saw it too. <laughs> uh, Boston College, uh, Duke, Minnesota, Syracuse Temple, uh, Virginia, Wake Forest, West Virginia have all offered. So quality Power 5 prospect here. Penn State's had, you know, pretty good success in New York over the last few cycles. Uh, I don't get the sense he'd be at the top of the board, but this is a kid I think you bring on. You see how he comes in, measures, uh, you know, hide weight and all that. See how well that relationship uh, is continuing to build, and you go from there. Yeah, he's an intriguing one because, uh, number one, they have a long history. Uh, I shouldn't say long history. They have a history of, uh, in that family, being D1 football prospects. Uh, his brother, I think, is ex- also expected to be on campus. 2025 quarterback, a little lower on the rankings, uh, 5.53 right. star, Rich Buen. I don't think Penn State offers him, but he does have a Power 5 offer from Syracuse and a lot of G5s, IVs, all that good stuff. Um, also, the younger – or no, I'm sorry, the older, older brother is currently at Duke as a quarterback as well. Right. Um, so definitely an interesting family to uh, keep an eye on. And Buen – Wake Bielan might be the best of the group, to be honest with you. Sure. So, moves really well for 6'2", 280, 290, something like that. Uh, let me ask you, uh, changing uh, the table around a little bit here, uh, no, any thoughts no. on 2026 quarterback uh, Derek uh, Zamet out <clears throat> to Paul, who will be on campus this weekend? He's emerging as a really good quarterback. Um, he's got – he doesn't have the size of, like, a Drew Allard type. He's a little smaller. 6'1". Six six one. Yeah, I give or take. Um, I think that's a generous six one to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I've gotten to see him a couple, quite a few times between camps and in in games this past season as well. Um, every time a school comes and watches him throw, whether it be in like just a little evaluate evaluation thing, or whether it be at a camp, or whether it be at a at and one of his games, they they off. Yeah, so I think he's one to really keep a close eye on, especially for Penn State, who's doing really well with DePaul. Recently, um, like we just mentioned, Desi Jones, his top receiver right now, sure. uh, is a guy that might even be considered a Penn State lean at this point. So sure. I, I would definitely keep an eye on Zamet. I wouldn't be shocked if he walked away with a Penn State offer uh, yeah. this weekend. You know, uh, you mentioned the size for sure. Uh, I haven't got to watch his tape, but what out of his offers, I'm looking at, you know, Boston College, Duke, uh, Mississippi State, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. The one that also stands out to me and one that he picked up recently is Mississippi State. Head coach Jeff Flubby, uh, you know, really good offensive mind, has uh, coached numerous very good quarterbacks. Uh, if Jeff Flubby, you know, thinks highly enough of you to offer you as a quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that does say quite a bit there. Not, nothing to take away from any of these other uh, coaching staffs, but uh, that, that one definitely stands out to me. Uh, yeah, he, he hasn't thrown for a ton of yardage this past year. Um, they're a run-heavy team at DePaul, for the most part, I should yeah. say. Um, they're not the best in the world either when it comes to playing the big north schools because they do play like the St. Joe's, the Bergen Catholics, and all that. So it, it is tough. They do 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 win most of their games, but then they lose to the Bergen Catholics and right. and the, like the Red Bank Catholics and Bergen, uh, who did I mention? Don Bosco's. Uh, but he, he does put up decent numbers. He's pretty accurate. Um I actually like him a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if, he, like I said, if he walked away with an offer 
Where does he slot in that 2026 board right now for offers? It's kind of way too early to tell, I feel like. Um, I don't think they would take a commitment from him right now, but I think um, you have to at least throw an offer at the kid just to see. Um, although they've only thrown two out so far. Yep. Uh, and then I, I would also say... Uh, oh, more than two. I read that wrong. Um, the, another DePaul Catholic kid being sent up, uh, Deshaun Stewart, cornerback, three-star prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just at Syracuse. Uh, you know, he, only three-star prospect, number 18 in the state of New Jersey, but he has mm-hmm. some quality offers. Uh, Boston College, Cincinnati, Duke, Ohio State, Penn State, Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia yeah. Tech, West Virginia, Wisconsin. I see that there's no Rutgers offer, which is a little surprising. But uh, they're so weird with stuff like that. If they know they can't get a kid, they're not going to offer him. Like Jaden Bonsu, if you remember a couple years ago, yeah, went to Ohio State, signed with Ohio State, never got a Rutgers offer. It's they're in that realm where, like I said, if they don't think they can get a kid, they're not going to throw out an offer. Whereas I think Penn State's a little different, and they'll be like, "Hey, here's 400 offers sure. per cycle." Right, makes and, our life hell. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, we just we just posted earlier this week every uh, player that we were able to find on social media who reported a Penn State offer. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was somewhere between eighty-five and ninety total offers sent out uh, by uh, the Penn State staff this past month between twenty twenty-five, twenty twenty-six, and twenty twenty-seven. Yeah, if, uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely check out that article. Um, Dylan does a great job of tracking all that because that is, again, it's kind of hell. <laughs> uh, Stewart, though, visited Syracuse last week, visited West Virginia earlier this month, did visit Penn State in September. Could be a player to watch going forward out at the cornerback position. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's another DePaul Catholic uh, player coming up. Uh, I, I would get the sense that perhaps Syracuse uh, is the uh, – Maybe the front runner here, but honestly, right now yeah. for any of those New Jersey prospects that kind of fit in to that middle of the pack type range, it, mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like I'm just going to lean towards Syracuse every time right now until proven otherwise. No, oh, that's that's fair. Um, it's an interesting one because you can argue Syracuse is probably in the lead right now, but other schools really aren't pushing it. But with the Ohio State offer. Recently, I know he wants to go take a visit out there. I know Penn State obviously is pushing, hence why he's coming to campus. Right. So I wouldn't just say just yet. It depends on how much these other schools push. Like Syracuse is going to get, like you said, those middle of the pack guys. But I, I think he's grossly underrated too. Like I, yeah. I, the, the whole twenty twenty five rankings are going to see a giant switch up. And I kind of want to touch something on this because it's Penn State related. Sure. Jalen Matthews is going to take a. Well, he already has taken a dip. I think he's going to take an even bigger dip in the rankings because after watching him a couple times this season, yeah. he has struggled mightily in I just mean, any type of technique. When he committed to Penn State, he was, what, number 60-something in the country? Maybe in the 51. 80s? 51. Yeah. And now he's not even ranked in the rivals 250. Still a yeah. quality player, but just kind of tells you how fluid these things are. And mm-hmm. While I, I don't think early. you can really get – I don't think it's worth – people getting all flustered up by rankings until the final ranking of a class uh, because everything up till then is pretty fluid. And even then, I mean, to a degree, we trust, obviously we trust our evaluators here in rivals, but mm-hmm. to a degree, it, it's still a guessing game to a degree. Uh, you know, I mean, it's an opinion at the end of the day. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, like, and, and, 
and it, you know, so we often they often realize that sometimes they're maybe too high on somebody or too low on something somebody rather quickly after mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, posting the new rankings. Uh, uh, Adam Friedman uh, this past week talked about how in uh, the network's uh, too high, too low article for the 2024 yeah. update uh, that he believes that they ranked uh, Penn State tight end Luke Reynolds too low. Uh, this, this cycle that he believes he can be an impact player uh, for the Nittany Lions. So, uh, yeah, it's an opinion. It's an imperfect science. And then uh, uh, it, I, I, all rankings should be taken as supplemental information and that's just that. I I personally like to judge guys by their offer sheets. Yeah, it, and that's that's a good way to do it too. Um, but that, again, not the end all be all either way. So. Right, right. Because um, coaches miss just as much as uh, evaluators. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You see it all the time. Um, I mean, hell, look at the Penn State wide receiver room. <laughs> no comment. Uh, had to take a little dig there. Um, last but not least, we're talking about the athlete group. There's uh, four 2025s, a couple 2026s. What, what are we thinking about this group? Anyone really notable? I just, uh, I actually just added a new name to it in Timber Creek Prospect. Uh, new Jersey, South Jersey guy, Marcus Upton. Doesn't have many offers. Oh, I shouldn't say doesn't have many P5 offers, P4, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but he did just add Pitt recently, and yeah. uh, he's got a lot of G5s. So, I mean, decent looking kid. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cameron Smith out of St. Joe's Prep, the really Good intriguing one. one. Somebody that I think, uh, again, probably a little bit underrated by us here at Rivals, um, probably should <coughs> could be a four-star prospect um, pretty easily. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really high-end player at St. Joe's Prep. List him as an athlete, probably going to be a linebacker the next level. Uh, been to Penn State multiple times. But this will be the first time he's been to Penn State since uh, Manny Diaz left and Tom Allen came in uh, as the Nittany Lions' new defense coordinator. So we'll be intrigued. transferred, too. Yeah. Former Salem High School South Jersey guy. Right, so, right. I don't know if the St. Joe's thing helps try hurts, if I'm being honest. But, but uh, I'll be interested to see how he, uh, you know, uh, how his relationship with Tom Allen uh, begins to build here. Uh, you know, we, we saw before – uh, dating back to the 2023 recruiting cycle, I believe it was. Um, God, I'm trying to think which linebacker it was. It may have been. It may have been Tamir Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. But with one of the 2023 linebackers, uh, obviously Brent Pry leaves Virginia Tech, and Manny Diaz had to come in and quickly build a relationship. Uh, with the linebacker recruits, and mm-hmm. I, I think it was Tamir Robinson. And then I think Tamir Robinson committed. So Manny Diaz comes in in December, January, meets the guys for the first time in January, and then in February, mm-hmm. uh, Tamir Robinson, I believe, committed to Penn State. I'm going to go back and check this because it's going to bother me. No, but I, yeah. either way, Penn State's seen a similar situation in the past at linebacker. So perhaps that's another case here with Cam Smith. I know that. Uh, probably love to land Cam Smith, high end prospect, like I said, um, mm-hmm. in the 2025 uh, class. Let's say as an athlete, but will be a linebacker at the next level. Great athlete. Yeah. Um, that's all for the position groups. Uh, I know I asked you this before. I'm going to ask you again. Probably, I don't think I see a commitment this weekend, but I guess there's always a chance. 
Yeah, I don't see anybody. Like I said, there's always a chance that it can happen. happens. Now, going back to the linebacker thing, I forgot that Robson and Rojas committed on back-to-back days, but I do know that Manny Diaz had to quickly form new relationships with both guys early on once he came to Penn State. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, Penn State's been there, done that when it comes to linebackers and uh, replacing your linebacker coach in D.C. Yep. Uh, moving on from recruiting a little bit, uh, which uh, off topic, not uh, recruiting topic, do you want to talk about first? We got a couple of them. Uh, let's start with the Big Ten and everybody's favorite Big Ten program, Ohio State. So rumors are, well, I shouldn't say rumors. He is on the short list. Bill O'Brien, we're talking about him again. I thought we were done talking about him once he got the Ohio Bob. State job. But uh, yeah, he. Um, he is on the short list for the now open Boston College head coaching job. Uh, we could talk about that in a second too. But do we think he goes there in reality? Um, no, just because he was just tired at Ohio State, and I think being a Ohio State's offense coordinator may be a little bit of a better job right now than Boston College's head coach. Yeah, no offense to a, Boston College, but spot. it's a hard place to win. You got academics uh, involved. Uh, more so than other places, which kind of comes with the nature of being in the ACC. Uh, a lot of prestigious academic programs in the ACC. You also mm-hmm. then have schools like Florida State. But, um, uh, yeah, I like I get it. He's a Massachusetts guy, coached, mm-hmm. coached in New England for a while, but I don't see him yeah. taking that job. Though, that being said, one of the other candidates for a job, Liam Cohen, is taking the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers offensive coordinator job. So. Um, it's, it's getting very interesting. Um, and I want to touch on that in a second, but being, going back to what you said about how Boston college is such a hard job to win at, like look at Jeff Halfley, for example, he's had one, two, three, three out of his four seasons. He's had winning records or, and he was on the hot seat a a year ago and and are in the seat in 2023. Uh, comes and wins seven games. I just think even if you win those six, seven games at Boston college, you're not getting a better job than that. Like yeah, you're just I mean, you're stuck in like purgatory. Yeah, I mean, I obviously we knew Manny Diaz leaving Penn State was a possibility. So I mm-hmm. coming into last season, I I you know I may have told you, I may have told Anthony and Marty, uh, you know if if Manny Diaz does leave, the one guy I'd look at if I was Penn State would be if Jeff Halfley got fired up in, in Chestnut Hill and obviously put together a good season, they get fired. But uh, yeah, that was that was a guy I was watching closely for that reason because i thought you know new jersey guy coached at ohio state has big 10 ties would have been a good fit for penn state was a very good defense coordinator but uh yeah i mean it, that's going to be a tough job to fulfill to fill for boston college's ad and uh yeah i'm gonna be intrigued to see what they do i know jason candle's name would <clears throat> has been pop, brought up that would be a solid hire yeah um it's it is like super interesting um i don't really know what they where they go honestly it's just it's such a weird one like yeah and especially when you know um holy cross's head coach uh bob cheney was just hired by james madison if bob if bob cheney wasn't hired by james madison last month they could just call bob cheney it'd be a you know an easy hire but uh it's already been reported that that cheney is staying at jmu which it's a bad look (laughs) Could could you make the argument that JMU is right now a better job than Boston College? 
I mean, it's easier to win at in the whatever conference they're in. Sunbelt, Southwest, I forget. Same. And, um, and just as hard of academic, uh, probably to get into. Yeah, then they're they're just. I mean, they're coming off a top twenty-five season. Like it's not crazy. Yeah. Um. Someone said that. Yeah, you already said it could. Someone said it could just be agent talk, but it, a lot of people are starting to cross them off the board already. So that's that's definitely interesting. Uh, Jason Candle makes a lot of sense. The yeah. Toledo head coach. Um, he's got a lot of Midwestern ties, though. Not a lot of Northeast ties. And I mean, if you're Boston College, a safe thing would just be to promote your offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I, and it, this late, this late in the cycle, perhaps that's what oh, you yeah. do. Or, uh, or co-OC, or assistant OC. I don't know. What the fuck, yeah. Oh, I don't even know who the co-OC up there is. It's uh, Rod Ch- Rob Chudzinski, who's been an associate head coach in the NFL at multiple stops, Cleveland, somewhere else. Um, Indianapolis, I think it was. Yeah, uh, the one name, the two names that I was intrigued by were uh, Dan Mullen. Yeah, that which, would, he always gets mentioned for some reason. Uh, <laughs> every then, job in the Northeast, it's and, Dan somebody, Mullen. <laughs> and so many Penn State fans also know quite well uh, Al Golden. I saw that as well. I thought that'd be an interesting one. I think he'd actually be a pretty good fit there. Um, he did do decent with Temple, um, kind of eh, in Miami. Yeah, but and, I mean, uh, I Miami is one of those schools that I I will believe it when I see it if people somebody can actually win there because uh, I I mean I'm not the biggest Mario Cristobal fan as many people know but uh, mm-hmm. that Miami is just an impossible place to win at this point. Um, I also saw and this is interesting because he's on one of uh, the Boston College hot boards. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting lost right here. Chip Kelly. And we can go back to what New we were talking about. From New Hampshire. Pre, yeah, pre-podcast, we were talking about it. He he, uh, he might be out in UCLA regardless. He might go to Washington yep. as their OC, the commander's OC. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, I will say uh, let me throw in one more candidate from Boston College. Somebody who has extensive ties to the Boston area. Winning, winning head coach. <laughs> I'm kidding. Bill Belichick. No, there's just no shot. I can't. I'm joking. The wildest thing in the world. Yeah. Someone said Brian Flores. I was like, Jesus, dude, are we just throwing shit at a wall? Like, yeah, no, uh, yeah. There's absolutely there's negative chance that Bill uh, Bill Belichick takes a job, but hey, he does have extensive ties to uh, New England and is that winning head coach. Um, Don't disagree. uh, No, yeah. uh, You know, I could see Dan Mullen working out there. Oh, but, yeah, that's an interesting name for sure. But he hasn't been a coach since, what, um, three, four years now? Yeah. Uh, but going to Trip Kelly, other Big Ten news there. Yeah, that's uh, intriguing, not surprising, considering that, you know, there's a lot of smoke that he was on the hot seat entering the end of the season. And yeah. this entered what could be his last year in uh, L.A. there. Um, though I, I guess this proposes a bigger question. James Franklin has talked about how a lot of coaches are getting out of college football because of the schedule. Uh, NIL, that co- NIL. Just it's 24 7, 365. When the NFL is, you know, yeah, it's still an everyday job, but it's, you don't have to recruit your own players to stay with you uh, throughout the entire year. Um, yeah. You think, do you think it's being a little overblown about? the state of college football and how coaches are reacting to it, getting out of college football, 
or do you think there is a legitimate concern? I mean, the schedule's already bad, and we don't even know what the schedule's going to look like for these coaches in eleven months, in ten months, when you have the transfer portal, you have the early sign-up period, and don't forget, you're now throwing in a twelve-team college football playoff. It's see, this is where it's weird. I feel like a lot of people are complaining. There's only thirty-two jobs, right? In NFL, right. so you you have select few. Now, some of them are starting to leave head coaching jobs in college for the NFL. For example, a guy like Chip Kelly, who did interviews with the Raiders, who just hired Cliff Kingsbury um, as OC, and he also interviewed with the Commanders as their OC. He would leave for the sole fact that he's going to get fired probably in the next year. So it's kind of like it buys you more time and it gets you a new location. And maybe sure. you just – and if, you, if you're successful as a coordinator in the NFL, that's, that's it. You're, you're an NFL head coach in the next couple of years. Right. If you're successful as a coordinator in college, you're a head coach at college in the next couple of years. That's just how right. it's the pecking order. If you want to go to the NFL, some guys like it more. Right. Um, for example, a Jeff Halfley type, he left because Boston College is purgatory. There, you kind of you get unless you're getting ten wins there, you're not getting a better job really. Right. Um, that's it. Look, look what happened to Steve Adazio. Look what happened. Like he won a couple of good seasons there and just couldn't get out of there. You're just stuck. Sure. Jim Harbaugh, another one, left for the NFL. Different story. He's leaving because he's going to get sanctioned to death if he stays. So, um, And plus, he did it all. He won the chip. He's done. He yeah, wants to go he, win he an NFL. He went to his alma mater. He delivered his you know, promise of winning a chip there, and he, and he left. And now yeah. he wants to fulfill his other dream. I mean, how many coaches have won a Super Bowl and a uh, national championship? It's uh, obviously a legitimate question, uh, mm-hmm. too. Um, it's it's interesting because like look at uh you don't think if Matt Rule or like a Bill O'Brien got an NFL job right now they're not going to leave, I think they'd leave. I I understand. Agree. Uh, by the way, only uh, three head coaches all time have won uh, a college football national championship and a Super Bowl: uh, Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson, and uh, Pete Carroll. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays out so, with a couple of these guys. Yeah. And it's it's weird though, because like for college, going back to what we were talking about, there, college is weird because there's a couple examples for like, like I, I talk to Greg Schiano quite a bit. He tells us all the time. He goes, "I I made a mistake. I went to the NFL. I sucked at it, and I I should have never left. Like because I could have had this built to something different. And, and don't get me wrong, like he probably doesn't like the hours either because there's shitty hours for being a college coach right now. But and it's like it's some coaches prefer it. Some coaches prefer the NFL. Like. Halfway has NFL experience, so he's had that taste of it. He's like, "Fuck this! I don't need to do this anymore." I, I think he tries to get out. I think to be a college coach, and it's probably a little bit obvious, but to be a college coach, you have to love being a not just a football coach, but you have to love being almost an educator and looking at. <laughs> the bigger picture more than just football. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we hear what James Franklin preaches all the time, but like if you want to just love football, focus on football, the NFL is better for you. But I mean, you're not, you're not, and being a college head coach, you're not just a call. You're not just a head coach. You're, you're the, you're the, the CEO, you're the, the GM, the GM, the like- you're the scout, you're the, you're the head coach. You're, you know, you're especially, you know, at the 
uh, you know, the further you go down from FBS, FCS, Division Two, uh, lower and lower, the more hats you're wearing. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we everybody's heard the stories of these head coaches who started, you know, at Division Two, II, Division Three schools where they were the offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach, the SID, the uh, you know, the PR or whatever, uh, market or whatever. They they wore so many hats. It's you you got to love the bigger picture of all of it. Well, in the NFL, you can just kind of focus on the football side of things. And, you know, college, you're also I, – I think you have to be more of a people person in college. You have to be uh, more of that relationship person. While in the NFL, it's kind of more, mm-hmm. you know, get down to business. We don't have to like each other Monday through Saturday just as long as mm-hmm. we get – just as long as we get along on Sundays for 60 minutes is all that matters. Yeah, um, you got to um, not not just recruit players. You have to recruit your own team, and you have to yep. recruit boosters as well. You have to bag your coaching staff. Yeah, the coaching staff too. Like, yeah, hey, what you guys trying to leave? Like, oh, shit. All right, hold on. Like, let's talk some money. And let's then you have to out. deal. You have to deal with just the general politics of working in a university. It's insane. I mean, Absolutely it took insane. James Franklin nine years to get the alignment that he very much desired at Penn State. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, I know people think that's an excuse that James Franklin uses, but that mm-hmm. alignment is very much a realistic thing that determines a lot in college football. And you're hearing more and more coaches talk about that. Having that alignment is incredibly important. Oh, I mean, if you don't have it from the top, from president to AD to head coach, you're, it's a shit show. We've seen right. it at several other schools before. Right. It's, and it's much easier to have that alignment in the NFL than it is in Coachable. Yeah, because most of the GMs are very buddy buddy with their head coaches, and that's just right. kind of how it works. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's 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 a double edged sword. I don't really know. Like, do people want to go to the NFL? But if you see the guys that are leaving for the NFL, these are guys that have already had a taste of it, and they're like, ah, this recruiting thing. Like, yeah. How do how do I recruit to Boston College? If I'm going there, my expectation is max. Maybe I have one season in five years that I can get nine wins, and I don't even think I can get past that. Right. And I will also say, I think it's also, it's to a degree, I think it's also one of the, obviously a money thing at this point. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see what Jeff Halfley is making it with the Green Bay Packers compared to what he was making at Boston College. Yeah. I'm not um, sure what NFL coordinators make off the top of my head, but uh, I think it was getting paid decent money at uh, BC. I mean, enough. He was getting, um, he was getting paid around $4 million a year. Okay. Pretty solid. So, I'm, but even the coach before him did the same thing, though. Like, no yeah. one talks about it. Or maybe not yeah. the coach before him, coach before Adazio. Jeff uh, Jagonski, Godzinski, he left for the Tampa Bay OC job. Yeah. It's, he, he had them at 11 wins. You're, you can't do much better. Like, this yeah, has been going on forever. I think people are overhyping it. Don't be wrong, NIL sucks. Portal yeah, sucks. I, I think people perhaps are definitely overhyping it off this specific case. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely, I think, a bigger issue at hand. Uh, and to wrap this up, I propose this question. Uh, we talked about that. I mentioned that schedule coming up in the future in December. You know, mm-hmm. signing day, transfer portal window, um, college football playoffs. Uh, and then, you know, you got the draft 
process coming up as well in January. The playoffs yeah. will will come in will go into January. What do you think is more likely to happen? The transfer portal window gets pushed back, or we see a maybe sign-in period in August per se, or sub, early September, like basketball does. Uh, what one in November? They do November and April. Yeah, which it's it's interesting because that's even mid-season. Like I don't know what they're why they do that. I I think yeah. you have to either just do a signing period at preseason. Because let's be honest, most of these classes for at least the Power Five programs, Power Four programs, they're they're done mostly by the time the season starts. Because no one wants to recruit during the season. Penn State has twenty. We'll have twenty something commitments by September first. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's the case with most of these schools. Yeah. Now, occasionally, yes, there's a couple, but then it gets tough because kids, coaches get fired midseason, and it's like, oh, now I have to go through the NCAA to go get them out of their LOIs again, and it's like, um. The thing that drives me nuts is the three three letter acronyms. Can we just make like a four letter one once in a while? Because like when you have NIL and NLI, it's like yeah, yeah. And then and yeah, yeah, you got NIL and NLI. Like what? What the fuck? Oh, I hate it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I think you have to change something up. And then in terms of portal, you can't have the fucking portal like wide open before the playoffs are done finish the playoffs and then open the portal yeah those schools get another 30 days like it's just a constant cycle of shit (laughs) but then you have the issue of like a penn state where penn state goes back to class second week of january so i I don't i mean it's just it's it's, i do not envy i i think it'd be very cool to be a college football coach i do not envy College football coaches starting next year. I hear the hours they work, man. It's it's. You guys think it's a forty-hour week job? Maybe double that. Yeah, at least. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the people I I talked to just on uh, who's in the recruiting side of things uh, with the major university on the uh, West Coast. Uh, they uh, they talk about it, and uh, you know they they have means. At like five thirty six a.m., mm-hmm. and so you're waking up at four thirty five o'clock, get into the facility for you know your five thirty six a.m. meeting, and then yep. you're working until eleven o'clock at night sometimes, and then you maybe get a few hours of sleep and restart it all over again. Maybe it's a little easier in the off season, but uh, especially during the season, it's just terrible hours. Yeah, like and, even and July. The too. July used to be a dead period. Yeah. We're seeing commitments in July now, and it's like it's still a dead period technically. But like people are committing now. It's it's and, uh, and now with kids being able to take unlimited official visits, it's it's going to be even more insane. Though I don't each think school is still restricted to a certain amount. Yeah, I don't think anyone's taken something crazy like ten official visits yet. I think they've I've seen some that have taken six. But I don't think anyone's going overboard with it yet. And I don't yeah. know if we ever will, to be honest with you. Oh, no. There's a couple of kids in the 2025 cycle that I can see taking like 30 official visits just because oh. they love the attention. Well, but, that's true, too. I hate that, too. But different aspect of recruiting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting about how um, the NCAA really handles this entire thing. I mean, the AFCA conferences were just this past month, so – 
usually that's a good time to get an idea of what coaches are kind of proposing uh, mm-hmm. going forward. But uh, I'd imagine we'd, uh, if the NCAA is going to make any changes, we'd probably hear something by, uh, I would imagine. April. April. Because mm-hmm. that's usually, I guess, when they kind of release the next year's recruiting calendar. It just doesn't seem like they're going to do anything. Although they're going after the only thing they're doing right now is going after schools for NIL violations. Yeah, um, which Tennessee, Florida, Florida State right now, Iowa just self-reported a violation. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's got to be interesting. There's a lot right now. The NCAA, especially when they have had the fewest power they've had in years, is mm-hmm. what they're choosing to do and not to do right now is very intriguing. Yeah, it is. Uh... This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not fun. I, I love our job, but it's uh, it's only getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, it gives us something to talk about all year it's long. For, so. That's for damn sure. That's the only nice thing. But uh, any final thoughts or anything else before we uh, sign off here? Uh, I mean, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. A hell of a performance uh, by Ace Baldwin against Rutgers. Uh, huge, think- huge game. Playing all forty minutes, stepped up without Kanye Clara. So did Demarc, uh, Demarco Dunn stepped up. Uh, really yeah. good performance out of Penn State defensively in that game, uh, though. Uh, I think it was very good performance for Penn State, but I'm not sure if it says more about Penn State or it says more about Rutgers right now. Uh, um, definitely gives you an optimistic feel for Penn State um, going forward because this is a roster that was a makeshift for the most part. Yeah, no, and like I put in our notebook, you know. Mike Rhodes is now eighth all time for out of, since 1939 for first year Penn State head coaches uh, in wins in that first season eight out of eleven so it's not that great but mm-hmm. to get to number three he only needs I think five more wins now they have <laughs> uh, 11, 12 games left so I mean yeah. going five and seven is a lot to ask for but perhaps you can go through. You know, win three, and then maybe if you can win two in the tour in the Big Ten tournament, make a little bit of a run. Uh, It's not it's not out of the question. I think it's uh it's been a strong not strong, but it's been a quality first season for Mike Rhodes, and you can Mm -hmm. see the building blocks going forward. Yeah, Um, I did want to mention Senior Bowl because his practices are this week. We posted an Adisa Isaac video, uh, Kalen King video. Um, Theo Johnson's apparently the number one tight end so far at Senior Bowl, which is huge. Kalen um, King has had an up and down struggles. Week. Yeah. And so has Johnny Dixon. Um, yes. Uh, Johnny Dixon specifically has struggled mightily. Um, but on the bright side, Theo Johnson's best tight end. And it sounds like Adisa Isaac starting to show some flashes. Yeah. Adisa so. may end up at a, you know, with this, and then he's going to show out at the combine. Not going to mm-hmm. be shocked if Adisa Isaac sneaks into the first round. Yeah. I believe that game is tomorrow. Officially. Yes. And then last, last, I did not get to watch it. Uh, but last night oh, featured a few Nittany Lions in the uh, East-West, East-West. Sh- Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it either because I – I'll be honest, I forgot about it. <laughs> um, some of these bowls don't mean a whole lot. That one means a little bit, but not a ton. But regardless, yeah. um, one other thing I want to mention, um, if you're not grateful for Penn State women's basketball, I would be now because there's been four schools so – or three schools so far, four games, I believe, yeah. of schools with women's basketball programs that have had to forfeit – like, isn't that just kind of insane? Yeah, it's the... Not enough players. Like, Yeah, it's 
it, it's not something we have seen a lot of in recent mm-hmm. time. Uh, just because how much schools in all sports, women's and men's, just recruit, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much that's happened lately. Yeah. Um, big game tomorrow, Michigan for them, and then next week they go take on Caitlin Clark and that feisty Iowa team. Caitlin Clark's probably, I'm not even gonna say the number one girl, like most well known women's player in college, but in WNBA you can include too. I think she's just the most popular right now. Yeah, you can make an argument. I think maybe in general sports. that that yeah. she is in in North America right now. Uh, for people who not maybe are casual basketball fan, but people who follow basketball, she's probably mm-hmm. not not in terms of popularity, but in terms of just a name being a name that people know is a top ten basketball player right now, probably in general. Uh, just because everybody knows who Kaylin Clark is, uh, I mean, arguably maybe I, I don't know. I don't know how I don't know the legends of women's college basketball, but I have to imagine she. Is probably going to go down as the greatest of all time for college know, basketball. Not. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, going back to Penn State women's basketball, great turnaround from last year. I mean, this was a team that was 14 mm-hmm. and 17 last year, including uh, winless on the road uh, away from the Bryce Jordan Center this year. Uh, they're 16 and 5, 4 and 3 on the road, 11 and 1 at home. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really uh, fun to see how they finish this season. Often, perhaps they make uh, the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess that's really it. Uh, if you guys haven't already, check it out. Uh, PennState.rivals.com. We have a free message board for football, free message board for wrestling. Uh, the wrestling one, I was just we just did a podcast earlier today. It has like forty thousand views on the match thread for tonight alone. Um, the football message message board is very popular as well. They're talking about everything from NFL recruiting to random shit that. I, I people talk about i guess on a daily basis um also we have the lion's den forum which you can check out the whole junior day visitor list we'll have some more updates to that later today and tomorrow going into tomorrow's visit um and if you have any other uh oh there was questions do you want to save that for a different pod uh, yeah we can say right. oh, how many how many are there uh hold on let me see where it is there's oh there's two um two posts but uh there's like six questions well, we'll get the, um, we're already at the 50-minute 50, 50 mark. We'll Let's do, save it for we'll next, do next week. week. We'll do next week. If you guys are following us on YouTube, um, shoot some comments down below. If you guys have any questions for us at all whatsoever, um, also be sure to hit the subscribe button as well. It's free. It's easy. It helps us grow the pod. helps us get out to there. More of a Nittany Nation. And, um, yeah, for me and Dylan, that's another episode of the PSU 365 podcast. Signing off.